Oh, hey, you know what we can do now? What's that? Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> I don't know. The pipes. Your pipes, pipes. your pipes aren't working. All of a sudden, a hand comes through the right. Twitch stream. Boom. <laughs> Fuck you, JB. <laughs> no, no, even better, even better. Like, oh. <laughs> Don't make me call your wife. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 93 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt. They're filling in for Danny. It's Big G. Welcome hey. back. Thanks, guys. Thank you for filling in last minute there. It wasn't really last minute. You messaged me this morning. Last minute, last day. Seems last minute. Last morning. Yeah, either way. No problem. Thank you, thank you. And then we got this guy over here. Welcome back, JB. Good to know that you're loyal to the cause. (laughs) One of these times, I'm just waiting for you to come here and be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm done. Right. (laughs) Go fucking mic drop. The whole mic drop from... uh, Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, The... It's like Maury before Maury. Spring, not Springfield. Jerry Springer? Springer. Jerry Springer. Like, Springer, like, rip the mic off, walk away, cameras fall on you. <laughs> Done with this bullshit. Your mom fucked a goat. Let's be real, though. Would we really hear anything with the mic drop? You guys are assholes. <laughs> Magic folk, we're glad you can join us. Thank you so very much. Let's begin our episode off by thanking those amazing patrons that decide our crazy content is worth supporting. Like, Jesus, I don't know. It, it, it boggles me that this happened, that, you know, JB and Danny were like, start it up. <laughs> they will come. It's a field of dreams situation. But thank you. Thank you, Big G. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Wade97. Thank you, Chapman. Thank you, D Moose. Thank you, Amu the Fox. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Noah. And thank you, Nikki. If you guys want to be crazy motherfuckers and support us too, we have a Patreon. And in our <laughs> in our Patreon, we have two tiers right now. Uh, we're gonna be we're working on brewing ideas to expand but right now there's two tiers a three dollar tier where you get put in for a monthly drawing for a booster pack of whatever this month is gonna be modern horizons booster packs if we get to 10 we're gonna give away if we get to 10 patrons we're gonna give away two booster packs each month then and then at the next tier we have a ten dollar tier and at the ten dollar tier we give away a card that's for edh typically and stuff but it's valued between 15 to 20 bucks and this month, we have decided to do the uh, Magic Rewards Ponder, the full art Ponder. Bling out those EDH decks. Heck yeah. So if that sounds enticing to you, jump in on the Patreon. You get ex- you get to watch the live stream afterwards. It goes private otherwise. And then you can watch it and see our dumbasses and all the awkward pauses and other things that just get cut from the episode because, you know, we only have a set amount of time for each episode. And uh, in the lines of thanking things, let's thank J-Dubs, our amazing sponsor, for supporting us. I still haven't recorded a new J-Dubs ad read, 
So I'm going to do a quick rundown of what that entails. J-Dubs has all of your magic supply needs ranging from, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I was trying to remember. <laughs> Any of your modern staples, commander staples, they even provide standard and all those fancy playmats and sleeves. That so they do. They also have leagues on weekends, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday is Modern League. Sunday is Legacy. There's also their EDH. It's not a league. Is it a league? Uh, it's, I think it's, it's kind of a league. Kind it's, of, yeah. It's a showdown. Showdown. There yeah. we go. That's the word that he uses, a showdown. So you go in on Thursday nights at 6 o'clock, and there's a list where you have achievements that if you if you complete in that night, you get signed off. You get points. It goes on for 16 weeks. It's like a full season. And then at the end, you get prizes according to your points. It's super mm -hmm. cool. It's super worth it. If you're in the FM area, definitely check out J-Dubs for that. Uh, J-Dubs also is having FNM as well on Fridays. And I think that's all the events that they got going on. That seems about right. And yes, they also have sports cards and Pokemon cards if magic cards aren't like your cup of tea and stuff like that. So go check them out. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, let's give you a breakdown how this episode is going to go. We're going to start off with what I think is at least becoming my personal favorite, the Salt Report in the Boggle Desk. And we got uh, CFB Pro Showdown results to talk about, Modern Challenge to talk about. Then we have an unbanning in Historic that we're going to cover here. It's exciting news. Oop. After that, Big G is going to take us away with a blogatog. Then we're going to move into the news where we have some rules and Oracle updates. There are arena announcements and the Love Your Game Store promos. After there, there's also going to be secret layer news and post-season event updates that has got the whole Magic Online universe in a tizzy. From there, we're going to talk about the finance section because, you know, cards and money kind of kind of, kind of go hand in hand. And then we'll close off with the deck of the week because I have I have strong strong feelings that we're going to do this in a very reasonable time. Are we though? Don't jinx us, JB. <laughs> Don't jinx us. Don't do that. <laughs> I got why I gotta be that guy? Well, JB, lead us off. We are now at the Boggle Desk. Salt report. Salt report. Salt report. Uh, we're not talking about it. It's, what the fuck? It's the JB Salt Report. I mean, it's not very salty, I guess. Okay, fine. Here's the salt. I wasn't there. I mean... I ended up going 2-2, so it wasn't terrible. was uh, first round? First round was Wurza, which, Mason, you suck at building decks. I hate you. <laughs> Quit lending your shit out. <laughs> Wink emoji. <laughs> yes, quit quit lending your shit out. Uh, oh, I'm in time. That was a tech consult for you, JB. So, yeah. No, so how was... salty how salty was it? Because we got Wade in the chat here saying that where's the deck caused salt for you, JB. Yeah, it did. It it was dumb. He <laughs> he had the combo every fucking time. Well, so it's a where's a deck. What do you expect? <laughs> it, yeah, but like right away, like no matter what I did, like it just did. Oh, right there. Before we like, continue, really, before we continue, really, what deck were you playing this week? What do you think? Tell it for our listeners. I wanted to win. He was playing his namesake. Yes. Because <laughs> I needed to put up points. 
and and you did good if you went two and two. So first first round, where's a got the dinks that macked off you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was stupid. No longer wearing the pants in that game. Damn, damn, bro. <laughs> uh, game two. Game two, I redeemed myself. I actually felt really good about that one because I was able to beat somebody that normally is really good, and like I mercilessly fucking beat him. <laughs> so it was it was the highlight of my day. We'll go into details. Who was it, it was, that you beat mercilessly? Zach. What were they playing? He was playing a, a team or Cascade bullcrap. Oh. Just because Shardless Agent is now modern legal. Everybody's playing freaking Cascade. So what you're saying is you took some rhinos and you spanked them. Well, he wasn't, you see, he didn't go all in on rhinos. So, like, he had the Dreadhorde package and stuff versus. So, is he going for, like, the resto, the restore balance kind of Something. Of not sure. But, I don't know. I was able to get all the pants on and do the things. It's always a good idea when JB is able to put on his pants. Right? Well, no, it was great because there was a, I think it was game two. Yeah, it was, because he was on the play. So I had a boggle and just one enchantment, and he turned three angered. But I had a fetch left up, and I was like, you know, I was looking at my hand, and I'm like, okay, I got the fetch. I was like, but I can't, I was like, I can't drop multiple things right now, so there's no point in me trying to fetch in shock, because I'm not going to be able to do it. So I was like, I'll just fetch on end step, whatever. And it's a good thing I kept it up, because all of a sudden, there he is. He drops turn three angered the gods, so I'm like, well, shit. And then I'm like, wait, I have a fetch. <laughs> so I let the shit go, fetched up the Dryad Arbor, and I'm like, well, hopefully this just stays long enough until I can get another creature or something. And nope, it did stay. He didn't have anything. I was able to suit the shit out of that thing and just pow, go for broke. That's a holy tree having a it was, daybreak dude, that coronet. Tr- <laughs> that tree was big. It had all the pants. <laughs> it was great. Okay. That was game two, game three. Game three, what was that game three? Who did I play game three? Oh, yeah, that was, so it was another Cascade deck game three, because that was Mike, and he just was able to shit out way too many rhinos too fast. Was it like the more refined, like straight up uh, shirtless agent yeah, crashing was, footfalls? Yeah, with violent outbursts and all that, it was basically his, pretty much his only Cascade targets were crashing footfalls, like the, you know, being able to just shit out rhinos. And he just got too much too fast. I couldn't deal with it. Okay. Final round. The redeeming one. Because if you want two yeah, and final two. round was against that new As Asmora whatever the hell food deck. Asmora, El Kuldakar. Nah, sure. We'll go with that. It. Whatever whatever it's called. But yeah, against that food deck. and Was it the Troll King variants? Yes. Yeah, okay. it, had the, it had the Feasting Troll King in it and whatnot. So that was a close one. First first game was pretty close, but I was able to eke it out. Second game, I got a clutch rest in peace turn two. Yeah, that shuts that shit and then, off yeah, so quick. And it, and it was just like, yeah. Oval Chase Daredevil doesn't come back. Nope. Missing Troll King Ain't stays shit in there. coming back. It was great. And I dropped it, and he's like, oh, well, Did- yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, I'm going to cycle the street right. I'm going to do this. I'm like, eh. Yeah, I can't get there. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. You can't (laughs) eat it. (laughs) It was great. Well, my salt report is I was at home doing yard work. Yup. I had some 
like I was tweaking my modern deck. I really wanted to play it so badly. So badly. I was unable to. So that's where my salt is derived from. So there's the salt report for y'all. In in summary, blue is stupid. Just saying. <laughs> Calm down, sir. You are finally coming out on being a blue player. I am not. You are too. Yeah, and uh, that deck is nowhere near competitive, so it's just my for fun deck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. Mm-hmm. You closet blue player. You love counter spells. You love bouncing things. No, I don't because I've tried to play control and I can't do it to save my life. You bounce things all the time. You got a Yorian deck, sir. <laughs> I, I blink my own. It's blinking, not bouncing. It's different. Mm. Two sides of the same coin. But they're not, sir. Do you got Deputy Attention in there? Yes, I do. Do you got Watcher of Tomorrow in there? Yes, I do. <laughs> you also, got Adventure Shapers of Vance yes, in there? Yes, <laughs> I also have Reflector Mage. You're not helping your case, you <laughs> I've got all the things. I also have three fairy. Bouncy bounce bounce. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, what's next at the boggle desk? I don't know. Maybe the CFB Pro Showdown. Perfect. Even though it doesn't say if they beat the final boss because it's just goldfish results. Yeah. So there's your job, Matt. You you get to look up while I'm talking about this if they beat the final boss or not. Can do. Live Live search. We'll keep reading that. All right, so first place, we had Anaya Adventures deck. This is all standard, by the way. Horrible format. Terrible. Don't play it. Just let it die. Tell Please. us how you really feel. <laughs> Just let it die so Arena can die. Let's see. Do we want to do anything with the deck list? I, oh, I figured that. It's a gigantic companion. I figured that when it came to like the deck list, we just like spend most of the time on the modern because you know, that's what we all like more than standard. Right, yeah, because standard sucks. Standard does suck. All right, so in second place, we had a Saltite control list. Third place was Demir Rogues. Fourth place was a Rakdos Sacrifice deck. Fifth place was another Saltite control. Sixth place was Prismari Midrange. Seventh place was Mono White Aggro. And eighth place, we had a Teamer deck, which, well, yeah, I don't know. It's just Teamer, Teamer fun stuff. Teamer adventures with Coma. Coma in the end? I mean, you can't argue that. Luca, uh, Copper Code Outcast, Sandful Shoke, I don't know, Crone War. Right. I mean, like, it's kind of adventure but it's not like it runs off all of adventure It runs off of four Edgewall and Keeperman. That's that's adventures. Is it, though? Is it really? Four Lovestruck, four Brazen, four Bone Crusher, four Edgewall. It's the 16 cards. It's almost a third of your deck. You sure about that? The math is there. But anyways, <laughs> in my searching... You filthy blue player. See, you. Wade agrees. That's an adventure deck. Sean Hunter, winner with the Naya Adventures deck, did beat and bossed Huey Jensen. Boom. So he doubled the credit for the top eight. Well, look at that. Good guy, Sean. Congratulations, man. I know you're not going to listen, but still, congratulations. Hey, you never know. Hey, if you listen... You never know. Sean Hunter, if you, if you listen to this, hit us up. Join our Patreon. <laughs> no, don't. Jesus. <laughs> Next. Before this gets cringe. Oh, we've already hit that. Not yet. We hit that a long time ago, sir. Not yet. We hit that after our second episode. We just never left. First episode was pretty cringe. <laughs> our first episode was pretty cringe. That was episode 18 when we started this. And we're at 90 fucking three. Good God. Yeah. We've been doing this for a bit. And people still listen to us. I know. This is crazy. I don't get it. You're all motherfuckers are crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Big Chief, you're one of them. It's because they got nothing else to do. <laughs> they feel bad for us. I find the short jokes and the making fun of Danny entertaining. Right. And I get to hear about magic things. So. They're all just pity listens. They feel bad for us. That's <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't feel bad. That's what the I'm Patreon laugh, is, too. I'm laughing every single day. They feel bad for us, so they just <laughs> give us money. It's like that guy you see begging on the street corner. You feel bad, so you give him five bucks. Do you want to answer this question there, JB? We I got, can't read it. What is it? We got Wade in the chat saying, does this mean this weekend MTG doesn't want my $3? I mean, yes, we appreciate it. <laughs> it goes to it goes to getting booster packs. Yes, it goes to getting winnings, <laughs> sir. Oh, man. How cool would it be if we get enough people to do like an event, like a sponsor? Oh, dude, that would be cool. Be like, hey, Josh, let's do this weekend MTG $10 because that's all we can afford <laughs> instead nah. of a 1k. <laughs> no, nah. nah, won't be we'll, we'll do our own box. There you go. Oh, speaking of. There we'll, you go. We'll, okay. We'll cover- if we can get So let's see. Let's let's do some number crunching here. To do a win a box tournament, what, how many patrons would we need to get? What what do we say? If we, if we get up to like 20, 20 patrons, we can maybe do it. Pull it off. Yeah. We'd be fine fronting the other half of it then, I'd say. Right, the other half of the box. Okay, so if we hit at least twenty patrons, we'll 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 put together something. We're we're we'll put out the challenge here now. Get us to twenty. We'll do we'll do a win a box tournament. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sitting here for a while, folks. Yeah, it'll it'll probably be like three years from now, but we'll we'll do it. We'll Ur- keep our word. Urza Saga will be banned at that point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be banned in like three weeks. Anyways, what do we got next on the uh, uh, at the Boggle Desk? Okay, so we had a, uh, a modern challenge happen. So first place is... Okay, I hate when they just put the colors in the name instead of just fucking saying what it is because then it makes me have to click on stuff. I don't like clicking on stuff. It's an Asmorano... It's Mardic Grixis Destina cool the card. Yeah, it's the the Grixis version of it. it. Has it's like Grixis Urza, right? Because it's got Ragavans, Emery's, Oval Chase, Urza, Street Wraith, Thought Monitors. It has Lightning Axe, Metallic Rebuke, and a whole swath of zero and one drop artifacts. Meaning they run Urza Saga. They do. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's crazy. I just realized this. It's not really Grixis. It is just blue, red, because you don't cast the Oval Chase and you don't cast the Street Wraith. But it's still a color identity, sir. It, it is, but there's no way to produce black mana. Oh, yeah, true. Look at their land base. <laughs> they don't have a black source. Yeah, they only got <laughs> one Springleaf drum, and I guess they could cast the Oval Chase then with a Springleaf drum, but they right. can't cast the Street Wraith. But typically, you know, you're just cycling that anyways. So in second place, we had a uh, good old canister playing Amulet Titan. Boo, Amulet Titan. Boo. Uh, I don't know. Did you find anything exciting about this? It has four Abundant Harvests. I thought that was interesting for a Titan deck, that they're reaching into that. You would, you weirdo. Abundant Harvest is a solid cantrip, man. It gets you the things that you want it. Okay, so third, third place, we have a Jeskai deck. Jeskai Stoneblade. Yeah, with the monkey. Yeah, dude. So Jeskai Monkey Blade, sir. Is that what they're calling it? I don't it know, now? but that's what I'm coining it as. I'd be fine with it being Monkey Blade. Makes me think of Monkey Bone. Did you guys ever watch that movie? Yes. Oh, my God. That movie's so old. Oh, it's so good. Big G. Monkey Bone. Yay, nay. I'm going to take that as a no. Give it like a 75% towards yay. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Good man. Good man. Yeah, so the fourth place we had an is it Delver deck. Oh, oh, hold on. Before we get to that, I just want to say it looks like uh, Cauldra complete is becoming just like the staple of the Stoneforge package. It's either it's going to be Batterskull, Cauldra, and then like sort of Feast of Fam- Feast and Famine or uh, Fire and Ice. And typically, Feast of Famine would be in the side, or Fire and Ice would be in the side. Like they seem to rotate out. Hmm. I don't know. I run ghetto equipment in mine because that's all I have. I'll give you infect. So fourth place. Did you see who's piloting this? Yes, I did see the name. Yeah. Boggles playing Delver. No, sir, that's Boogles. 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 Uh, that, a double looks like, o. that looks like Boggles. There's a double O, sir. Boggles. 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 Oh, my God, you guys are terrible. Okay, so fifth place, we've got... What the fuck? <clears throat> what do we got? Freaking four-color turns deck? Velimachus, they're bringing the historic deck to modern. That's so dumb. They get they get the power ups with Savor the Moments and Remand, but they still get you know indomitable creativity and Time Warp and Velimachus. Just dumb. Running four Ren and six. Look at me! I'm just gonna play Solitaire for thirty minutes. I'm gonna take all the turns and do absolutely nothing and just make you rage quit. I sense some salt. Just a little bit, cause it's stupid. They never should have printed that. I'm going to take an extra turn and then have an ability to break that. I'm going to take an extra turn. Dumb. Watsy, if you're listening, <laughs> you're dumb. <laughs> All right, so next up we have a blue-black Urza deck with Asmarano. This is not running uh, Lava Axe, but it is running Bone Shards. Right, yeah, I just thought, I saw that and I thought that was interesting. We were just talking about this earlier. Yes, of we like, were. So, Big G, you weren't here for this. Bone shards as a card. Uh, compare like we were comparing it to Blood Chief's Thirst. Both sorcery speed, both destroy a creature or planeswalker. But Blood Chief's, you got to kick it to do it. And with bone shards, you can either sack a creature or discard a card, and it hits a planeswalker all for one. You know, I go I go bone shards on this one, honestly. See, that's kind of what I'm leaning for too, especially in uh, rack, because I'm not gonna. I, it doesn't bother me to discard a card. Exactly. It I enables mean, the ensnaring bridge, and there's other stuff that I can throw in a graveyard, like exactly. Raven's Crime. I, I've got no problem discarding a Raven's Crime. Like honestly, like for JB's rack deck, this would be the better card. Right, and that's what I'm thinking. I ended up pulling two in my box, or three in my box, but there's two retro frames, and I just threw those in there because yeah. I didn't have the Blood Chief's Thirst to begin with. And I'm like, well, here we go. I For your deck, I think these work right? better. I think it's because way it, better. You know, like you're talking about with your Instaring Bridge, mm-hmm. it l- puts the puts the rack on right. a little bit more. I mean, it just works better. Well, and plus, if I've got the Nether Spirit out, i got no problem sacking it because it comes right back. Yeah. You know. But this even goes further than Rack. Like, any deck, like, uh, if you go for Rakdos uh, Pyromancer-style deck, yeah. they're going to be wanting this way more than a Blood Chief Thirst. I think Blood Chief Thirst is now going to be, like, the the fifth copy of this. Like, if they really want this kind of yeah, kill effect. But right. it's, like, like it, it, it's still probably going to be Fatal Push. But it, So it'll be Fatal Push, Bone Splinters, Blood Chief's Thirst in, like, ranking of one drop black kill spells. Yeah. Well, it'd be you know very similar to when Assassin's Trophy came out with um, oh abrupt, abrupt decay. There we go, abrupt decay. Yeah. I mean, now abrupt decay is like the fifth copy of or the sixth copy of 
Assassin's Trophy. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it because I'll probably end up playing a deck that has these in it at some point. So Right. Perfect. Bone Shards. Pick those up. It's 25 cents for the retro frame. Right. God damn. Yeah. I think it's only like 30 cents or something for the foil retro frame. Because <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, yeah, I got a foil retro frame. Let's look at this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was very, I was very disappointed. Guess the next up, we have a gruel deck that does some things. Yeah, dude. Have you? Seen... I like the scoozes. This is uh, gruel Ponza, but like the new style of Ponza. It's also got a Karn wishboard in it too. The new style of Ponza is with Corella Shaman. This one's been uh, printed into modern. It is a red one-one ape shaman for XX. One colorless, destroy target non-creature artifact with mana value X. So the thing with this is this blows up lands for one with Karn and Liquid Metal Coating. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So this is this is the new the new age of Ponza going on right here with Gorilla Shamans. Great. Well, I'm sure there'll be a way to get around it. You know, just, hey, let's kill before you have the mana to... Right. Do anything with it, but well, but the, but the thing is, is like so. Car, so in in the main board, they don't have. Oh, they do got three liquid metal cones. They got one in the side. Yep, one in the side. So they got four. So they can get it off a of Karn when that comes down with a wish ability, and then start pinging that way. It's like two different axes of hitting your lands. It's pretty rough, and they got a full pillage for full play set of pillage. <laughs> yep. And if that's not even the case, it's like they can abrade your lands as well too. If Karn turns or if uh, Liquid Metal turns it into <laughs> a fucking artifact, just stupid. And Obsidian Charmaz, two of them in the main, like they're going to be hitting a lot more things than Meow. you think. That's what I think the Charmaz sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's very feisty. Oh, beehive. Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> stop. Stop it. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? All right. So next one, we've got another stupid four-color take turns. This doesn't look that much different. No, from... I was just to say it looks like damn near the same. <laughs> I think this one so has a four indomitable creativity. The other one only had three. <laughs> nope. They both had four. Yeah, I think this is just like a straight copy-paste. They're doing the same thing. So must have just had better matchups. The uh, fifth place taking turns, Velimachus deck. How far down you want to go? I don't know. It was just like maybe highlight the next like 16 or something because there's an Adnaz deck that made it up in there in the top 16. Right. Hammer Time was ju- just barely missed that at 18. Merfolk's coming in at 11th. Green blue Merfolk at that. And all they got is. Oh, look, for... a living end deck. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. More hammer time. Yeah. The Esper control decks are doing good. That took 13th. God damn it. I don't mean to yeah. hit the tab. I meant to hit the expand. Es- Esper control is stupid. Wait, you can expand? Oh my god, you can. Holy balls. So I don't have to like click on it. Click on it. Yeah. I can Wow, look at that. You learn something new every day. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. JB learning technology. Right. So what's in this ad now? It's just the Thassa's Oracle bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
And does it still have just the, yeah, four profane tutors and two adnas? All right, yeah, that's right. They picked up profane tutor. Yep, and cut down from four to two adnas. Uh, so you're in like a an adnas discord or whatever, right, JB? Yeah, but it's uh, been fairly quiet since okay. the Simeon Spirit Guide. Yeah, I was, just about, I was about to ask if they've talked about the reason from going to four to two adnas in place of a play set of profane tutors. I mean, yeah, the spend will get you there with like the Lotus Bloom and stuff. So it gets you your pieces. And I guess it allows you to put in more other things. But I don't know like what other things. Like you already had four spoiled vaults, four angels' graces. And didn't you have a full play set of Pact of Negations in the... Uh, Depended. There were, it, it could range anywhere between two to four. Okay, so like it just looks like a stock list. It's just... Because they... really the Pact of Negations were after you draw your whole deck... It was to ensure you could combo. Gotcha, gotcha. There's a, a Blitz deck that took 14th place with Dragon Rage Channelers, Regavan, Snapcaster, and Sprite Dragons. It's a Lurus deck as well. Mm-hmm. More Lurus. Mishra's bobble bullshit. Have you... Have, so you guys have seen Unholy yeah. Heat, right? Uh, yes. Is this card not just like... That's the, the one that... Does two normally, but it, yeah, it, conditions are meant it does six. Yeah, it's yeah. a shock with delirium for six then, and it only hits creatures or planeswalkers. Yeah, because somebody at league was talking about running it in burn. I think that this is an underrated card that you're probably like. Yeah, you're not able to hit face with this, but this thing can deal six damage to a Karn. Takes prime time. It takes out a prime time. This thing can take out a fucking. It honestly takes out most things that. Like as more, you'd need to double bolt for right, exact for one mana, and getting and getting things into your graveyard's not that hard in a lure style deck. You well, got your and the way they were talking at league too, because that was the one guy's you know reason again. Well, why you know it's got delirium? How am I ever going to turn delirium on? And the other guy was like, "Well, no, it's actually fairly easy. You just play your game, right? You play your game. You're going to be losing artifacts. Like th- there was something there. There were people talking about as well, like." if you're really worried about delirium is you can play like tar fire, which is the yeah. tribal shock for goblin and stuff. So that can help fill up your delirium as well. If, if like you're worried about it, but like with dragon rage Chandler, which again, low key card that I think people like people are saying this is bad because it would have to attack each turn. But I think they're missing the fact that every spell you cast surveils, it surveils before anything happens. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, is it decks are essentially, hey, uh, I'm going to cast spells now. Bye. Right. You're you're filtering through all of your draws. You're like, okay, I'm in a I'm in a primetime matchup right here. I'm going to be needing something that's more than just a lava spike now. So Dragon Rage Chandler, you cast like you cast uh, Unholy Heat and then you see that there's a. Uh, uh, lava dart on top, and it's like pitch that, and then yeah. you draw something else. Dragon Rage Chandler and Unholy Heat, two cards that I think are gonna be very good cards in the format. I fucking love those. In this deck as well, there's four counter spells and four expressive iterations because you know that's just what what this deck does. Also, Engineered Explosives is in the sideboard here. Can we talk about this? And with uh, uh, never mind. It, do, it unfortunately does not hit because it's non-lands. Yep. Urza Saga. 
Fuck it being a land. <laughs> mm-hmm. Blood Moon and Spreading Seas, folks, and that new merfolk. Take out them. Fucking or just, sagas. Or just play Death in Texas. That too. That too. Leon and Arbiter, does that like move up in value now because of Urza's? Like, I don't know. Everybody's might... been talking about cutting Leon and Arbiter, so I don't fucking know. People are even cutting vials now and just running cocoa and doing all this crazy shit, and I don't know what the hell. You know, when it comes to an argument for that, I think the biggest thing is... I'm still more of a purist, so... We're in a new meta, and people want to try their new things. So, you know, it's like some of the old... Uh, old decks that people like know they're just kind of like putting to the wayside to be like oh we got new toys and stuff that we can yeah. test out now it's like modern horizons 2 is just chock full of good shit and you know like <clears throat> maybe that's why people are like oh leon and arbiter is not that good but i don't know man i still think leon and arbiter is kind of like a kick in the nards i mean it is it shuts you it up turns... for a little bit unless you're able to get around it somehow but there aren't too many ways to get around it all the time right so it turns quarters into wastelands it turns your paths into no downside. Yeah. I mean, it's freaking great. Agreed. All right. On to the insight. Yeah. Let's let's hear about the insight. All right. So we had an insight 5K historic open. And good God. A deck I never thought would make a resurgence again. And I was hoping it would just die and stay dead. There's three copies of freaking Is It Phoenix. Uh. If not... Four. What's in this one? Are you looking at the... Oh, dip? nope. So this blue-red doesn't have Phoenix. Thank God. But yeah, three copies in the top eight. Visit Phoenix. Just disgusting. Yeah, yeah. But heck. at least a... <clears throat> Let's see, what do we got? Ooh. Ooh, nice. Blue-white enchantments won it. Yep. Good stuff. Selfless Saver, Antonto Vanguard, and then you got... Arcane, Flight, Staggering Insight, all the glitters. Yep, get Core and Sram, drawing all the cards, son. And then you got your, is it, you got an Is It Phoenix second, third place, Mono Black. Yeah, this is interesting. You got Knight of the, a lot of one drops, Dread Wanderer, Gutter Bones, Knight of the Ebon Legion, all four ofs of that. So very like low to the ground aggro on this. And then it has inquisitions and thought seized to help pick out hands to make sure that you can just start beating beating face uh skyclave shade spawn of mayhem rankle master of pranks it's just you're grinding your opponent down card wise while having pretty terrifying threats like two ones for one and like one two that becomes a four five those things are pretty aggro so good to see a deck that doesn't run brainstorm all right well, and then fourth place, you got a mono red deck with uh, some Bowmat Couriers, a bunch of wizards. You're a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. Kind of looks like old school Hazrits of Amonkhet days with just some new cards. Hey, it's got one of your favorite cards, Matt. Uh, I'm looking. Oh, Rampaging Ferocidon? Yep. Dude, I love Rampaging Ferocidon so much. Like, I put it in the same league as, like, Plague, uh, Plague Engineer love those two cards so much is like three drop three drop creatures that just like shut down a whole strategy now that i learned this expand thing i'm still used to backing out as i'm looking, so i keep like exiting out of the thing completely don't worry jb you'll get there you'll get used to it dumb so fifth place was that uh other is it deck that was not phoenix but it's 
pretty BS. It's Locust God with a bunch of draws. Yeah, shark typhoons, brainstorms, stupid stuff. Yeah, so in sixth place and seventh place for both Is It Phoenix. And eighth place, we had a another teamer bullshit deck. Jim Davis special indomitable creativity into a coma cosmos serpent. And then just like control after that. Mrs. Mastery, Prismari Command, Brainstorm, Expressive Iteration, Memory Lapse. I don't know, man. Historic hasn't been really fun for me since the whole no. fucking printing of the Mystical Archive cards. Arena hasn't been fun, period, in like 14 months. I don't know. I had a good time. It's been, it's been a long fucking time since I've enjoyed Arena. I was having a good time with Historic, with Kaldheim and stuff. I enjoyed that. Okay, so let's let's just do a thing here. We're we're gonna do a thing, Matt. Look through all these results and count how many is it Phoenix decks there are. Well, why why you guys are counting, JB? Why don't you tell us about the upcoming events? Danny, he would speak 22. louder, but he's trying to get Wade to jizz in there's, his pants. There's 22 just in the first page 20, alone. 23 in the top 100. Ridiculous. It's, so it's almost a quarter of, of Interesting. Is, Anyways. Is it Phoenix needs to die? So anyway, it does, here we it go. It just comes back. With some upcoming events. You kill it with fire! So the upcoming events, we got FNM at home is going to be No Limits MTG. Whatever that is. Guess we'll have to find out. Fuck, at fuck Arena. So, and I don't know why they're still doing FNM at home. We have in, in-store play. Not all places do. No one's like required to do it. And, you know, there's just some people that enjoy that. And it's like, what what's Wizards losing just for like keeping FNM at home? So then this Saturday, June 26th, is going to be a Magic Online Championship Series showcase. The Mocks. Season 1. Let's click on a link and get some more info, because why not? Okay, so it didn't say what format it was in the little thing. He did it. Uh, no. It, right now, all the formats are optional. It has like vintage legacy and all that stuff that it can be. I don't think they went into detail what it was going to be. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they haven't like said anything. But yeah, season one uh, formats are standard, pioneer, modern, legacy, vintage, and limited. Uh, yeah, fun stuff. You want to play? Play. Uh, start times, they've got a schedule, same within the formats, wherever the premiere play schedule is, if you guys can find it, because I'm not seeing it here. Do you want to read this upcoming event as well then? Yeah, I was actually going to, I was going to mention that. Okay. Because I'm Do probably going to be going to it, so. And then mention the Minot one as well? Yep. Yeah, so the entry for the Magic Online is, uh, 40 qualification points, sizes, you got to have at least 33 players. Swiss with single elimination top eight and just however many rounds for however many people you have. It's good stuff. So if you want to try to play some high magic or high level online magic, go for it. Let it rip. Tater chip. It's like Beyblade. Let it rip. Beyblade. Beyblade. (laughs) Okay. So then I need to go to my discord real quick. I just have it pulled up right here. Oh, well. I don't want to touch your phone. It's an iPhone. 
I might break it. I don't know how to work it. You're not going to be fucking... <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> it's a fucking iPhone. It's junk. So, on the 27th of June, so this Sunday, in Alexandria, there's going to be a modern cash tournament. Alexandria, Minnesota. Yes. For those not in the area. Yes, for those not in the area. I forget about that. So registration starts at 11 a.m. It starts at noon. Entry is $40. If you pre-register online through their website, you get to save $5. This is all going down at Elemental Games. Payout will be to the top eight. First place is $400. Second place is $200. Third and fourth get $100. Fifth through eighth get $50. It is a sanctioned event, so deck lists will be required. So yeah, hope to see you guys there because I plan on going. If you go... JB will have something for you. I will? You will. You're going to send me with some stuff? We'll see. Okay. That's cool. I'll hand some stuff out. I don't see. care. We'll see what happens. Right? And then also, there is in the Discord somewhere. Somebody shared. Was it in the Discord or was it just on Facebook? Man, if only there was one place to put all of this information, man. Right? What the fuck, Matt? This that is you what could, you get that you could have shared this easily for anyone to put in... This is what you get their for ad-libbing, Matt. In their sections. I'm getting yelled at for this. <laughs> Y'all could have entered it into. I was mainly talking about JB there. Oh, no. No. Where's the <clears> fun of <throat> that? No. No. Where the fuck did it get posted, damn it? No. No. Was it even in the J-Dubs one, or was it in ours? I don't know, but anyway, July 10th, there's a, a freaking big modern tournament going on in Minot. As it gets closer, we'll get the more details to you guys since we're still pretty far away but anyway if y'all want a road trip we're all gonna be staying at wade's house he's gonna let us ride on his big red tractor yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank you wade oh my god (laughs) but yes party at wade's house night before so we can all just completely get shit-faced and then just play like shit don't you do that anyway (laughs) <laughs> Sir, <laughs> you better watch it. Uh, watch what? I can't see you down there. Hey, no. Bazinga! Because you dicks. Why do I come here again? Y'all done with the events now? Can sure. I move into this BNR update? Yes. All yes, right, finally. Historic unbanning. This information comes from MTG Arena announcements article on Daily MTG. Since last August, we've been tracking and waiting waiting specific commanders in both Brawl and Historic Brawl. Our goal has been to better match players with similar weighted commanders, keeping the challenge for competitive players while ensuring the format remains hospitable to casual players. Players with high-powered commanders are more likely to square off against each other, and the casual players not looking for that high-powered experience are more likely to face similar opponents. This has been largely successful, and with this system in place, we are now more likely to use the waiting rather than banning as a tool for managing more powerful commanders. Players who still really enjoy the experience of playing with those commanders may continue to do so, and players who don't don't want that high-powered experience can feel can be free from that. Therefore, Golos, Tireless Pilgrim, and Winota, Joiner of Forces are no longer banned in Historic Brawl. As the format develops, they'll continue to adjust the weighting of various commanders as appropriate. So this is pretty cool. This might actually, I don't know if it'll 
get me to come back and start playing Brawl on Arena, but... I mean, it's cool that they're unbanning stuff finally and figuring out a different system than just getting ban happy. Yeah, this is interesting to see that they're like, so it's not like waiting like W-A-I-T-I-N-G. It's waiting as in like W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G. Like when when I was reading this, I'm like like, balancing the scales. Yeah, like I feel they could have worded that better in that manner. But yeah, like how they got an AI that's going to like determine they do this with like chess players right yeah. like that's yeah. the thing where it's like you're in the 1600 range or whatever and then you're going to be playing against people that are in that range and stuff as well and it's it's interesting to know that this is i mean they do it with ladder i guess but what was the, i guess i'm missing the whole point of why it was banned if that was the case in the first place like is the arena ai well, just a little lagging back on that who knows i mean i'm just- I'm guessing that the AI will look at the deck list completely based off of the commanders and stuff like that too because I'm sure there are people that want to play Golos that maybe still don't want that hyper-competitive experience, but at the same time, who knows? Maybe it'll be strictly based off of commander and that's it. Who knows? Well, I guarantee you, it's like Brawl, I wasn't a big fan of Brawl in the first place, but hey man, people can now play with more cards and I think that's always a positive. Exactly. Uh, to, to to some degree, with a caveat. You know, like there's a level of degenerate... Uh, degenerate. Degenerate, yes. There we go. Degenerate gameplay that should just be allowed. I don't know. And Golo sucked, but I didn't think he was too rough. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Stick tuned for more results. I don't know. Brawl just sucks. So just, just don't play Brawl. <laughs> Would you play 100-colored Brawl? We'll cover that in a bit. That's, that's, <laughs> let's, let's jump. Let's jump to the blog and talk oh before God, we get to that it's one. Just, it's just, it's just All right, so I've got one blog and talk that I picked out, and then one that Danny actually picked out before we found out he didn't have a voice anymore. So, uh, let's go with the one that Danny picked out. All right, here we go. Converted mana cost did a poor job of describing what it is. How you literally convert the mana cost to a number. If anything, I feel like a kick spell should have been have different mana value from its non-kicked form since you get more value while it's not changing the mana cost. And let's see. Yep, here it is. Mark Rosewater replied, we tried to make it work for 25 years. We tested it many, many times. Players didn't know what it meant, couldn't get the meaning from the expression, the expression converted mana cost. That's why we finally changed it. It wasn't working. Maybe it made sense to you, but you aren't the representation of the data. So, yeah, just one person whining and whining and whining and whining. So, I think one of the biggest things when it comes to this is that, you know, people that are like, oh, converted mana cost was good. You didn't have to change it to mana value. It's like we're already entrenched into the game to where it's, well, first off, it's like second language to us. Yeah. And we see it and it makes sense to us in that manner. But you know, to new people, like we, like I don't know, like we can ask, we can ask my wife. She doesn't play magic a lot, and uh, I'm sure no. you can ask your wife, and maybe we can ask your wife. We can ask a lot of different people, and all that, and see if, yeah, yeah, we're entrenched in it. It makes sense, but I think for those of us, no matter how long you've been playing, um, like for me, I've been playing twelve plus years now, and you guys have each been respectfully playing what, like three, five years. No, I've been playing for 10. Okay, you've been playing for 10, but I think, JB, you're relatively new. I st- yeah, I started right before War of Spark. Okay, so, you know, 
those of us that have been playing double digit years maybe forgot what it was like to be within our first month of playing of trying to remember all the lingo and everything. Exactly. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, eventually I caught on to what converted mana cost was because by the time it started being referred to by converted mana cost, for me, within my play group, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That's an easier way to say it. But, you know, for these newer players, you know, just saying, hey, that's how much mana you need to spend. That's the value. You know, it's just, it's a fewer words thing. Right. And Watsi's already like, they haven't given like full numbers, but they have said that the vast majority of Magic players are casuals, not, you know, people fucking doing podcasts and playing yeah. league, Magic Leagues at their LGSs and like traveling and shit like that. And it's like, if this guy is clearly commenting on this, like he is into the game and stuff. So I don't know. I think it's, I, I get the reason for the change and... I still, I still say CMC because, you know, it's just second nature for me. But right. Well, and, and then here's the thing. You say CMC, a newer player goes, what is CMC? Oh, sorry, mana yeah. value. And then they'll be like, yes. Okay, cool. Wait, what does CMC mean? Oh, converted mana cost. And then it starts a whole dialogue on how things used to be worded. Mana for, burn. <laughs> mana burn. Troll shroud. <laughs> like, JB, even though you play something that you might know what this word means. What is troll shroud? Does it only give shroud to trolls? No. No. It's hexproof. It's hexproof before hexproof was hexproof. Yep. Because I mean, because I know what shroud is, yep. but that's why I was like, what is it only for trolls or something? Or is it? There was an enchantment like trollback hide or yep. whatever. And then the guy from Mirrodin. Oh. Uh, um, what's his name? That, that kind of like started it off. Yep. He was like the three mana can't be countered and can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. Yep. He was he was like a fourth thrown the Thru- last thrown, troll. Thrown the last troll. That guy. So yeah, that's what so we're That was the whole where that term came from. And then eventually it's like, oh hey, cool. We have hexproof. Wait, what's hexproof? Oh shit, it's just troll shroud. And how eventually some of us have just I don't even think troll shroud even gets said anymore. No, no. this is the first I've heard of it. Yeah. We got a Mew in the chat saying, it's like, hey, as long as we aren't referring to the graveyard as the G-Y, I think we're fine. Oh, God. <laughs> what if I refer to it as the G-Spot? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the other blog of talk I picked out <laughs> is from Righteous Forest. Righteous Forest asked, tragic to hear that we almost got a new Koth, but didn't. I'm sure that this goes without saying, but I hope we see him sooner rather than later. Mark Roserod response, I doubt we've seen the last of Koth. Nice. Was So was there like a, a, a notes or something like in one of uh, Mark Rosewater's notes on Modern Horizons 2 where he mentioned that Koth was one of the things on the table or was it like a Sam Black thing when think, he was talking? I think it was just kind of one of those murmur things of, oh shit, Koth might be coming back. Koth might be coming back. Okay. Eventually. But I don't know. I picked this one out. Uh, buddy of ours that plays within a play group. Um, Anthony has a Koth deck, and he just loves the meme value of it. Koth is a powerful card, man. Like, well, he dubs it the. In I mean, a lot of people do the, one of the shittiest planeswalkers around. What? No. Some people do. It it makes your mountains tap for more, and then it makes them da- deal oh, shit. damage. Never mind. Got the wrong planeswalker. Tybalt. That's the one he says is the shittiest. Yeah, Tibbles. Which shit. is, I was like, wait a yeah, minute, this doesn't make sense. I'll, I'll give you that one. Like, All right, so, OG Tibbles, not New Tibbles. Retracting back. 
he does still have a cough deck. It works really well. And I hate playing against it because holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Koth is a house of a card. And I'm curious to see what a new Koth would look like. But he also does have a Tybalt deck, which is so dumb it works. <laughs> I gotta see this. You will. Next time he comes around, you'll have to ask him to play it. I will. I will. Just because. That would be fucking hilarious. And just oh. a good time. All right. But... Well, apparently I can refer to it as the G-Spot, so. Anyway, moving on to Da News with the Quickies. Yeah, so let's start off the Quickies with the uh, rest of the arena announcements that came from last week that was telling us about the uh, unbannings. So, the end of last week, Watsy introduced a new Brawl variant, 100-card historic Brawl. It's just as it sounds, 100 cards have a planeswalker as your commander have at it uh you make a historic brawl with 100 cards instead of 60 so there will be events going on from now until june 25th this saturday for historic 100 card brawl go on arena find those also jumpstart is available on arena from now till july 8th i love jumpstart jb i know you're a fan of jumpstart as well on Mm -hmm. arena that's that's the only reason i've been on arena lately is because jumpstart came back it's a jump, t- jump, jump around to get into the jump start. It's 2k gold or 400 gems. Fun fact J Dubs has jump start right now, still. Yeah, dude. What was this like the, the fourth wave of uh, jump start cards getting sent out? Allosaurus Rider, not Allosaurus, Allosaurus Rider. Shepherd. Shepherd is 75 bucks. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I sent you guys that picture of it. it. I've, been, I've been keeping an eye on it just for shits and giggles to, to watch it for Danny. So Danny wants a bunch of them, and it's, I've been watching that thing just go. So to all you people that are out there thinking that Jumpstart was a bad product because all the cards are going to be super expensive, they're getting sent out. Mm-hmm. Have some fucking patience. It's a print. It's an unlimited print. Like As long as people keep wanting it, they're going to keep making it. And here we are. Is it a year later? Did it come out officially last June? Uh, No, it was slated for July, wasn't it? Okay, so it came out in July. It was July. a July release, I want to say. Okay, so it's almost been a full year of Jumpstart being out. All right, so next in the quickies, Watsi has announced via a tweet that the world release of Innistrad Midnight Hunt will be delayed a week. More information is going to be shared later this summer. So, yeah. July 17th. As soon as we know, we'll let you know. For those wondering at home, July 17th last year is when Jumpstart came out. Yes. All right, so next in the quickies, we've got our official rules and Oracle articles from Daily MTG. The rules updates have a lot, so we're just going to cover a few here that we found interesting. If you are interested in seeing the full article of these changes, links will be just provided in the description below. All right, here we go. Rule 113.6a states... Characteristic defining abilities function everywhere, even outside the game. They also function before the game begins. And this rule was given an update to clarify the fact, so that way you know you have... Oh, so Kahira um, will be your companion, and there will be shapeshifters with the changeling ability in your deck. Rule 604.3 is receiving the same update. Now, new rule, another rule, rule 
1.4b says normally only objects on the stack and battlefield have controllers. 109.4 has a list of exceptions to that rule. A new rule here clarifies that triggered abilities that have triggered but not yet been placed on the stack do not or do have controllers. The rest of the section is moved down by one letter. So basically just shifted a little bit within the rules text. So that way, if you're looking for a specific one and you're not seeing where it was, just look one letter down. Now, the Oracle announcements of this article is where Watsi gives a full list of 250 cards that have been updated to give creatures that have Phyrexian creature type like uh, Blade Splicer and Brutoclad. Oh, I what? Blade Splicer's a Phyrexian now? <laughs> yep. No and, way. And Psychosis Crawler. Yep. I was about to say I miss Psychosis Crawler. That's the one that I care about. I love Psychosis <laughs> Crawler as a card. Dude, Blade um, Splicer's legit. Um, so some of, some of these That's so cool. are, have been completed into Phyrexian Standard. Announced here is also the addition of Ranger creature type, although it only is being given two cards at this point, which is Kyrian Ranger and Ranger Captain of Eos. Adventures of the Forgotten Realm has shown that we will be getting a third one of Drizzt Du Runder. Du Runder? Yeah. Drizdord. Yeah, whatever. I'm not a D&D person, so. Yeah. Dr- Drizzt, the guy that makes the cat token that yeah. we saw. Wow. All right. Next. He's a, he's a badass. Next quickie. And the final quickie is that Watsi posted on the Wizards Play Network the rest of the Love Your LGS promo cards. Quote, starting July 23rd, you can give out one of these fan favorite foil retro frame promos for each event entry to keep your customers coming back for more. The cards are Avon Mind Sensor, Dig Through Time, Bolus' Citadel, Goblin Guide, and Scavenging Ooze. Each promo comes with an arena code for a Japanese alt-art Planeswalker sleeve. We recommend limiting each customer to a total of five promos and codes given out one of each per day while supplies last. In the same article, Mystery Booster Convention Edition draft will be available to schedule now on Event League. Uh, event link lgs's can start running these events as soon as august 20th 2021 in an article posted on daily mtg watsi goes over some of the changes to a few of the convention cards uh, some cards getting removed from this updated release cards that will be appearing at twice appearing twice as their previous frequency and the full list of what is in the set after these changes The last bit of information in this WPN article talked about how stores that have reached WPN premium status by July 22nd will receive two copies of every rare and mythic rare in Adventures of the Forgotten Realms with an all-new treatment not found anywhere else in the set, the iconic D&D ampersand and glossy transparent overlay on the front of each card. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't seen pictures of any of that yet. Right. Do they right. even have anything out yet for it? So, here's the retro. Dude, phrase. I want those. I want. I want the mind sensor and the screws. I need them yep. in my life. What the shit? That is oh, awesome. okay. So that's cool. I thought they were just gonna do it in the text box, like they did with you know, like set the set symbols and stuff like that. But it's over the whole card. 
Yes. That's cool. Which is the the ampersands is like that and symbol between D and D where it's like a dragon that's curled up to look like the and symbol and they have it on the side of the card. Right, dude, it, that's legit. I like that they did the full card instead of just the text box. Right? It looks super cool. And they're fo- a glossy foil in this uh, transparent overlay on each of the cards. So yeah, stores are getting two copies of every rare and mythic rare each store is getting two so rares and mythic rares from dungeons and dragons are actually going to be in excess i would say to wpm premium stores i guess i don't know do we i I think we would be able to find the number of wpm premium stores online like what the amount is and if that's the case that'll give us a good idea of like how many of these things are going to be in the wild if they're actually going to like fetch you know a quote-unquote premium price I feel like it'll be about the same as the Ultimate Edition uh, Fetchlands. You know, when Blake was like, the number of cards that got printed and been sent out, like there are more of the Ultimate Edition Fetchlands out in the wild than there are of Zendikar Original or whatever when they first came out. Sorry, I'm looking up how many there are and trying not to use Reddit. (laughs) Well, while you do that, then... Well, honestly, I'm just going to go off of that. There's about a thousand. Okay. And we don't know like how many rares or mythic rares there are, so as soon yeah. as all that math comes out. Yeah, who knows? I think that's cool that they're doing something like that. And more ways to like print out different cards and different variants. Like Watsi seems to be doing a good job with doing uh collectible uh, you know, the collectible side of cards now, where it's like so many different variations. Which uh, honestly it's been really nice because I do like to collect a little bit too. So Which leads us into a kind of nice transition to our next topic one of the bigger ones that we're gonna talk about wizards announced last uh the 17th was that thursday yep last thursday there's a new secret layer all natural totally refreshing super drop on days like today we like to crack open a nice cold super drop and watch the clouds roll by can you feel the warm breeze and smell the summer jasmine with your favorite refreshing beverage in hand, take a leisurely look through the options below, then saunter over to the secretlair.wizards.com between 9 a.m. Pacific time, June 24th, 24th, 21st, and 9 a.m. Pacific time, July 23rd, to pre-order your next delightful treat. All right, should we take turns reading each one of these secret layers? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'll, I'll start off then. Uh, first up, is the Saturday morning D&D secret lair. This one has six cards uh, in traditional foil and non-foil. There is a borderless commander sphere, a borderless hero's downfall, a borderless impact tremors, a borderless primal vigor, a borderless unspeakable formation, or unspeakable, unbreakable formation, and a borderless whir of invention. And all these are in the art style of the 1983 Saturday morning cartoony stuff, uh, Dungeons and Dragons TV show. Uh, cartoon scientist and skilled artist Tyler Walpole has successfully distilled the feeling into magic art. Just look at these things. They're spot on. Whether you're a fan of D&D or a fan of magic or just a fan of fun, you'll find what you're looking for in this drop. Yeah, dude, this this makes me think of like '80s cartoons for sure. I thought honestly right, when I, I first saw these He-Man. come out, I thought this was a freaking joke. Oh, you did? Well, like I, there are so many of those. Like, hey, we're gonna do alt arts, 
and we're going to do it based off of different property. I saw these, and I'm like, no fucking way. All right, these are cool, though, dude. I fucking love so these. So you see the command sphere? Yes. That's the dungeon master from the uh, San Francisco drop, where it was the Planeswalker dungeon master that oh. came out with the uh, hammer, uh, the ha- Hasbro hammer, and the Nerf gun card as well. Like that's that's the the dungeon master. But honestly, I like the look of them. I don't know if I'll get any of this just because I'm trying to save on some coin, but they are very pretty. And they they definitely have that, oh, wow, I'm back in the 80s playing right. magic feel. I mean, okay, so you all, you all know how I feel about secret layers, right? Yes. Yeah. Whales. But You've made it clear. clear. They're, but wait, no. They're, wait, has he, though? Has he made it clear? What are your feelings on secret layers? Give it to us. There is one in this big drop that, honestly, I... I is he about to I say need, he needs... I need to find the funds to get it. <laughs> oh, shit, JV. Oh. All right. Well, when it comes to that, you let us know. Who's 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 reading the next is it, one? Is it like within the D&D set or... No. Okay. It's in, this, it's in this big drop. Okay. All right. So I'll take the next one. It is an artist series. Uh, this is all cards by Mark Poole. This will both be available in traditional foil and non-foil. So we will be getting one alt art balance one birds of paradise and this would be like the og original art done by mark pool yep and then an alt art brainstorm done by mark pool and then the original mark pool counterspell art it's the wizard with the two fingers like the spells fizzling what's going on man fucking classic all right and then one howling mine by Mark Poole. So this is the one where it looks like you've got something looking right at you. The high dragon. Like, that thing looks like he's toasty. He's blitzed, man. Like, he's had <laughs> one too many joints. <laughs> got a lazy eye. <laughs> like, did, you, did, you, did you bring the Funyuns? <laughs> like, I need the Funyuns right now. I'm howling. All right, anyway. And then the last one for this is an alt art wasteland. Okay, that. Um, that wasteland art looks badass. Is this the one you need? No, it's not. Oh, even though I do need wastelands, the the, the art on this is cool because it's the uh, Library of Alexandria that's underland, right? It just it looks fucking so cool. Just everyone's gonna just be even more pissed. Yeah, they are. All right, JB, take next one. Yes, next up we have special guest Fiona Staples. So it looks like we've got. Sweet Art of Dryad of the Elysian Grove. That one does look pretty cool. Not going to lie. Yep. I really like that one. Uh, and then we have Metallic Mimic. Sakura Tribe Elder. Steve. Soul Scar Mage. And Spell Queller. And okay. the Spell Queller looks fucking cool, too. Dude, I I want the Metallic Mimics. Right? That one does look cool. <laughs> looks so fun. It's a little artifact goblin. Like, he's mimicking pirate goblins right it's, i, just, I it want badass. it even though it's not an ally metallic mimic is in my ally deck and i just <laughs> that right deck dude, even more fun. Cool. so these come in non-foil and foil variants non-foils are 29.99 oh, yeah. and the traditional foils are 39.99 i believe that's what gonna be the same for everything yeah for, yeah, the most part, for all the the singular Mark oh. Poole is the same, non-foil $29.99, traditional $39.99, and the uh, D&D one is $29.99 and $39.99. So, yes. 
Okay. Next, we have special guest Jen Bartel. Four cards in this super drop. We got Archaeomancer, which looks so fucking dope. Bloom Tender as well, like dope as hell. Mesa Enchantress, also amazing. <laughs> that Meteor Girl Golem looks like she's going to fuck you up. So these are all uh, borderless cards in traditional foil and non-foil. Jen Bartow is here, and she means business. She honed her skills on the mean streets of multiple major comic companies, and now she's come to magic. Uh, magic. When she, when she karate kicked the doors to Wizards HQ wide open, she immediately charged the artist pit. But it wasn't until she performed at least six different judo throws on several perplexed staff members that she told us what she wanted. Her own secret layer drop. We immediately acquiesced, partially out of fear, but mostly out of deep respect for her ridiculous talent. She immediately put her award-winning skills to work. Several weeks later, a flaming arrow crashed through the window of our boss's office, immolating, immolating a carefully manicured fern. The cards were attached. Okay, that's a beautiful paint picture painted. So she's she's a comic book artist. Uh, yeah, if I would get anything, it would be that Archaeomancer. That fucking, the blues look so good with the purples in the background there. All right, the next one. Probably the one that everyone's been waiting for. Rip Elishnor Judge Promos. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right, all of the original Praetors out of Scars of Mirrodin are coming back, but this time, no special art. Just special text. It's all in Phyrexian. So you can get traditional foil and non-foil of all five. So need your new Elish Norns? Need your Jintaxis? You need your Shieldred? How about the one that nobody plays in red? Urbrask <laughs> is my favorite you monster. <laughs> He's so unforgettable. Urbrask does, <laughs> doesn't pale in comparison to Voraclex. Yeah, I get it. I or, get it. Or Elish Norn. Exactly. Um, so you can also get a code to redeem all five of these card styles based on um, the Phyrexian Secret Lair Drop for MTG Arena. Non-foil, $29.99. Foil and traditional foil, $39.99. Glory to Phyrexia. Celebrate the Prey Tour's inevitable victory over the rest of the multiverse with these five terrifying, awesome reprints. This is each of the original Prey Tour cards lovingly restored to the original Phyrexian in which they were written when we found them in a pool of, uh, of black fluid that had begun to seep out of a haunted R&D mini-fridge. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to know what was in that mini-fridge. Terror. For good measure, we placed... Pure infect. For good measure, we placed them in new legendary Prey Tour frames that debuted in Kaldheim. That's, it's never too early to start to suck up your future monstrous overlords. Oh yeah, that's right. They did they did put them in the new legendary frames. Yep. Yeah, dude, those frames are very clean. I definitely, I like them on these ones a lot. I know they're not all that much different, but they look nice. Like, honestly... The one on Urabrask looks really cool right around the picture. And I don't know if it's just the red 
in the black, but it looks tits. Right. Like if I would rank them personally in frames, it would be uh Urbras, Gin Contaxis, uh I don't know. I, I it's tough between I'd say Vorinclex, Elish Norn, then Shieldred. Like Shield is it's like cool. The black doesn't look like it's you know very yeah. exciting. But like with the 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 blue in the uh in in the black with Jinkataxis. Oh yeah. Urbras, Jinkataxis, Vorinclex, Elish Norn, Shieldred. My personal ranking. <laughs> Of border, not usability of the cards. Yeah, we all knew what you meant. So is this a secret lair that you would want? This next one? Which one? The Phyrexian one or the next one? This next one you're about to read. Maybe. It is. It is. Go on. It is. So the next one is Mother's Day 2021. So if you kind of guessed from what it might be, you get four different... You know, alternate art versions of Mother of Runes. You got to say it right. Mother of Runes. Do it. Mom. You get mom. Runes. You get four different moms. Runes. Come on. Say it, JB. No. Damn it, JB. I will not give in to peer pressure. But no, these these look pretty sweet. And I need them for my legacy deck. They're fucking cool. And in this one, Rebecca Gway is in this after apparent I didn't know this but she her last art that she did for Wizards was back in 2009 and she has she has a portfolio of 160 cards and so the like you can see it on the screen right now but this is her art it's the one where she's cra- uh, cradling a baby against her chest and holding up the the moon or whatever that's falling down like that art is sick but yeah, no, after, uh, well, what is that? Uh, 10, 12, 11, 12 years. 12 years. 12 years hiatus away from magic comes back with this banger of a card. All right, dude, like just the art on these is so cool. Like, I, I don't know. I need, I need to find the cash to buy these because <laughs> this is, this is just cool. I like it. Next up in the secret layers, we have Dan Frazier is back. The allied signets. So these are actually super dope. Like commander players are going to fucking want these things. They are the allied signets in old border form that look, make them look like the Moxon. So you got Azorius signet, Demir signet, Rakdo signet, Gruul signet, and Selesnia signet. <laughs> I love the Gruul signet. It's just two, <laughs> two rocks <laughs> tied together with string. <laughs> if that ain't Gruul, I don't know what is. Right? Exactly. <laughs> You can't spell classic magic art without Dan Frazier. Okay, you caught us. You can. But metaphorically, you absolutely cannot. The man is a bastion of old school ma- uh, old school art, having illustrated the original Moxon and countless more. So when we decided we want to celebrate Modern Horizons 2 with some retro frame cards, we knew exactly who to call. Dan went up and beyond illustrating the allied signets as if the guilds were conceived almost 30 years ago. Some parts will look familiar, others will not. Only one thing is for sure, Dan Frazier is back with a vengeance. And don't worry, folks, because guess what? Dan Frazier's back! The enemy signets! This is like a really bad part two to an 80s action film. (laughs) Right? I'm expecting Dolph Lundgren to come busting through the wall or something. 
All right. So just in case you weren't familiar, you have the Orzov, the Izit, the Golgari, the Boros, and the Simic Signets out of this one. And again, they look fantastic in these retro frames and these arts. I'm honestly going to go my favorite is the, the Simic one out of these five. Simic one looks good, but I am a fan of the Orzov one. Right. Orzov, the Orzov and the Golgari are, are pretty pretty freaking sweet. Right. The uh from the first one, I like Rakdos charm so much. From the you uh mean signet. It's not a charm. Yeah, a Rakdos signet. <laughs> I like the Rakdos signet so much. They are in this. Like the thing is just so vicious fucking looking. I don't know, the Demir one looks freaking cool. Right? Yeah, I'm going Celestia on this one. That was a close second. I really like that one. And then the description is exactly the same. The prices are exactly the same for the both sets of signets. So you can pick all of these up individually, or you can get the whole all natural foil bundle for $269. Take a big sip of all the foil drops in this all natural, totally refreshing super drop. All the drops come in foil, so you won't miss a thing. Beat the heat with these shiny drops. They got the uh, the non-foil as well, and that is $199. And then the final one is all for you bundle. The Super Whale Drop. For $444.44. <laughs> Did someone ask for a 16-pack? Chug a can of every single drop in the all-natural, totally refreshing Super Drop both foil and non-foil. This is for the Seeker Lair superfan who's looking for a bargain. Ah, refreshing indeed. So uh, Ultra Pro is also going to be given, or they went online with a bunch of different playmats, so you can go check out shop.ultrapro.com to grab different versions of all these super drops into playmat form, and Wizards is also having their MTG Pro Shop with clothing with the same art and stuff as well. Uh, great games, same great secret lair, new slimmer box. So this is kind of like falling in lines with their more growing green, not green, uh, reducing the amount of packaging with their stuff. So the sharpest sleuths among you may have noticed something more surprising Inside the image shown case, the tasty treats coming in all natural, totally refreshing, super drop. That is a mouthful to say every time. So, uh, yeah, just all natural. Uh, these little black boxes are now even littler. The new packaging we'll be using for all secret layer drops, beginning with this super drop, has been reduced to less than half the original volume. It is made from all recyclable paper except the plastic card wraps which we are looking to change in the future and contains 91% less plastic by volume. This updated packaging is another step in our journey to increase recyclability and reduce plastic across all magic products in 2021 and beyond. As always, we're excited to share this journey with you and appreciate any and all feedback on how we can continue to improve the packaging in the future. And the final bit of information, and this is login plus pre-order equals free booster. Adventure in the Forgotten Realms is almost here, and excitement is in the lair has reached fever pitch. We need to share some of it ASAP, lest us explode into excitement elementals. 
Here's the deal. Each customer who places a pre-order while logged in will receive an Adventures in the Forgotten Realm set booster with their shipment. Customers will already receive one booster regardless of the number of pre-orders, but we're happy to say the more customers with a Wizards account are eligible to participate, even those outside of North America. May Bahamut's righteous glory be known across land. So yeah, this stuff is on sale from now until July 23rd. Link's in the description down below if you are interested in any of these secret lair drops okay this one is a juicier topic i would say have you guys been online to see any of the turmoil that's come from this i haven't because in all honesty with the challenger gauntlet i don't care okay it's well and the hard thing it really is you you essentially have to be chosen to even have a chance at getting into it like you the good old days of when matt and i first started playing magic of hey cool you could go to a pro tour qualifier and maybe have a chance to play on the pro tour even if it's just one one go round are gone right now so keyword right now i don't think they're going to be gone forever that's just my personal belief but no and i think with some of the changes they've already talked about on one of the last episodes i was here for i mean you know that'll change like the pro tour will change Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see what's going to come from that but this article is their 2020 2021 postseason event updates first thing they talk about is the challenger gauntlet taking place august 6th through the 8th features the top non-league players from all three of the 2020-2021 championships, Zeneca Rising, Kelvin, and Strixhaven, playing off for qualifications to the Magic World Championship 27 Rivals Gauntlet and invitations to the MPL for the 2021-2022 season. They got a little graphic of how to get there, but that's not too big of a deal. Uh, These 24 players battle across standard and historic with a top 12 playoff to determine the four qualifications to Magic World Championship and set up a doubleheader league playoff weekend to follow. Uh, One of the biggest weekends for competitive magic this year unfolds across both the Rivals Gauntlet and the MPL Gauntlet, featuring Standard and Historic, taking place September 2nd through the 5th live at uh, twitch.tv slash magic. The Rivals Gauntlet is 24 players, the top 8 finishing challengers from the Challenger Gauntlet, the 12 of the lower ranked, 4 of the lower ranked uh, remaining MPLs, players from the league play. Uh, So yeah. MPL gauntlet, and it's like, yeah. But the big juicy thing that happened here that, uh, that, that, that people are flustered about is through the gauntlets, the final field of Magic World Championship 25 emerges, taking place October 8th through 10th with a $250,000 prize pool. The competition will be among the best of the best for Magic's most prestigious prize. Updated. Uh, to reflect the World Championship also clinched top four of MPL standings. Invitations passed down to the MPL gauntlet. Uh, reigning World Champ Paulo Vito Damodoroso will be joined by the top MPL and rival players Andre Strinsky, Eli Kasis, and Stanislav Sifka, plus the three heroes from the gauntlets and July Strixhaven June League weekends 
to see who can claim the next title of Magic World Champion and become immortalized in the artwork featured on a Magic the Gathering card. So, uh, if people don't know, the the prize pool of $250,000 is $750,000 less than what Wizards announced uh, in 2019, what was supposed to be for the 2019-2020 World Champions that got canceled due to COVID, and now they're doing it again after COVID, but they took away three quarters of the prize pool and people online including andre strinsky uh then you got saffron olive brad nelson like a bunch of elite players saying yo (laughs) i'm paraphrasing here but y'all whack for taking this money away (laughs) like you you said it was going to be one million dollar prize pool that is uh big g playing the world's smallest violin in case you could hear it (laughs) Right. Sorry, it, it, only a boggle can truly hear this sound. I can, I can hear. I don't know. I like. I get they are justifiably upset. It makes sense. You were told one thing, another thing's happening. But as we've talked about already in this episode of the podcast, most Magic players are casual players. This, at the end of the day, yes, this is a game. It is a game a lot of us love. If some of us are able to make money off of playing it. Heck yeah, good for you. But I don't know. I just, I think I, I'm one of the more, like I like to be competitive when I play Magic. I like to win. Don't we all? Exactly. But at the end of the day, the biggest tournament I'll probably play in is some kind of like states tournament. Like this is just a hobby. And if I can, hey, if I can win some cool prizes off of it, awesome. Cool. Good for me. Good for all my friends that can do it. If I have any friends that are able to jump into playing Worlds, hell yeah, I will watch and I will support the heck out of them. But I think for me, there's just, there's the disconnect. It's like, okay, cool, you're playing a deck that I've seen before, but for some reason you get to play this deck versus, you know, (laughs) my buddy that plays the same deck down in, you know, Fargo, North Dakota at Modern League or Legacy League. It's just, it's one of those things for me watching Watching the pros play magic is different than watching pro athletes because guess what? Yep, my buddy might have been able to do that same move one time down at a pickup game of football, basketball, soccer, whatever sport it happens to be. But those guys are doing it consistently every day. You know, X number of minutes based off of whatever sport you're playing. To me, there's just it's a little bit more entertaining to watch those sports rather than esports like some of them like will jump into like the call of duties the halos you know Fortnite stuff like that where there's tips and tricks of how you can do things differently magic the gathering yeah there's there's some ways you can do things differently but there's point a there's point b and really there's only maybe like three different paths to go down to get from point a to point b it depending on the deck you're running so i don't know can't argue with that i don't know i understand why they're pissed if i were in their shoes i would be too but i have no horse in this race i i'm not pissed understandable rightfully so what uh a lot of the a lot of the discourse comes from you know again wizard saying it was gonna be one million dollars and then they just like take all that money away a lot of people online are also proposing the idea of the world's competitors submitting 
you know, just like all land decks and then just like playing the worst kind of magic, you know, it's just like go to time every time and uh, go into time every time and, you know, just not make it an enjoyable to watch as a way to like stick it to Watsy and something like that. And it's like in my head, I don't know the whole intricacies of fucking, you know, streaming live world premiere magic and shit like that. And, um, but I don't know, like there's still, Watsy's still going to be the winners if people are still playing and stuff. Like they're going to be giving out the money and, yeah. and shit like that. No, I think they should all just play Colossal Dreadmon decks. There we go. Yes. There you go. That's, that's what they need to do. Let's spread the word. Everybody just play nothing but Colossal Dreadmon. So, yeah, but that'll actually speed up the point of what these guys are trying to do. Yeah. So, so, so what, what do you think of this, JB? Like, Watsy just taken away, you know, seven hundred fifty k from the prize pool of, you know, like, Paulo Vito won three hundred thousand in twenty nineteen, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, because it was just before COVID happened yeah. when Honolulu happened, and he won, th- or was it a lifetime of three hundred thousand k? It wasn't world. Worlds didn't give him three hundred thousand k. It was like his lifetime earnings was three hundred, three hundred k. I think it was lifetime. Yeah. So this was gonna be like Paulo Vito Domitorosa's life earnings, life winnings in one world. I mean, I get, I, I, I guess I get both sides of it. Like, yeah, I do, I do feel like, for the pros. Like, you know, they work so hard, and if you can get like. If your payday can be 300K, like... But the thing is, at the end of the day, everybody should know, even the pros should know, that this is not an all-in, this is what you make your complete living off of. It's just not there. The The prizes have never been there. You can't... All pros supplement you their You can't income. support yourself on just income from these events alone. I mean, you could, events alone. You could but... It wouldn't be much. Exactly. And, That's and what I'm saying. It would have to be just you and you'd be living in a shack down by the fucking river. And you couldn't afford to play magic. Exactly. Look at my cards, guys. They cost $3,000. Right. You're living I mean, in a like, box, That's the same. Like, you, it's anybody who is looking to get into the pros as the answer to all their fucking woes. And I'm going to do so good and I'm going to make so much fucking money. That's not, that's, that's, that's not what it's for. No. You know, it's, it's, that's just not it. It's just not there. And I have a feeling that half the reason why they pulled so much money is, it's, I'm guessing it's got to do something with how the pandemic hit everything. It put a major backlash in everything. Everything's just now starting to come back up. You know, you got to understand their business. They took a hit. Everybody took a hit during this pandemic. And I'm sure they don't have. In- as much of the available funds to push this prize pool as they did before this shit happened. In and Q- maybe, though. In Q1, has, or Wizards reported having a net profit of, like, 13%. They made $187 million or whatever, I think it was. It's a lot of, a lot of fucking change yeah. there. I don't know. I think... But at I the mean, end of the day, they're still a business, and they still have to pay right. all their employees, all their legal teams... Yeah, everything else they have insane overhead, and that's pe- that's things that people tend to overlook. They just think, oh, well, they made all this money; they're just loaded. No, they have expenses to pay too. 
yeah, I imagine Magic has like very low profit margins when it comes down to it. Well, you know what? Speaking of these prize pools dropping, you know what else is dropping? What? Card prices. Great transition. But first, they have to go up before they can go down. Very good. Do you like that? I do like that. Wait, wait, here you go. You ready? The cards get knocked down, but they go up again. And you're never going to keep them down. You're never going to keep them down. (laughs) Because price memory is a thing. (laughs) Oh, Danny boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Danny boy. Cha-ching. So, in this week's finance (laughs) section, we read an amazing article from the amazing site mtgstocks.com. The article is called Weekly Winners. They talk about three to five cards that move up in price and three to five cards that move down in price. And this week, there is a little thing at the beginning quoted as sealed product. It says, before we get started, we are happy to announce that we are now indexed indexing sealed product prices as well there are two ways where you can see those first you can follow the sealed link in the navigation bar when where you will be taken to an overview of sealed product we track second you can see the products of a particular set when you are on a set page if we have sealed products for this set a tab called sealed will be shown and you will see what product will be tracked and viewed the details from there so that's pretty cool that they got uh, the ability to do sealed product in this manner now but let's talk about these cards first up we have violent outburst green red one instant cascade creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn this card has jumped up 219 percent chilling at three dollars 61 cents but since friday it has moved up even more the market price is about 455 some people online are selling for 525 foil copies of violent outburst are about 20 dollars now the main reason for this moving up in prices comes to nobody's surprise is shardless agent living end style decks cascading into a living end or cascading into a crashing footfalls because these decks are built to not have anything with a cmc two or less um one of the ways that they get around this is they have fire and ice new card printed into modern through modern horizons 2 Uh, Mm -hmm. split cards actually have a cmc cost of both sides of the card combined so if you would cascade and you would see a fire and ice you would go buy it because it has a cmc of four and stuff so but they're able to have two drop spells and some people also run like bone crusher or a brazen borrower in there that gets through the violent outburst but can do you know the spell portions of the stomp and the uh, petty theft so yeah, Living End is, as we talked about earlier uh, in the modern challenges, shown up pretty or pretty well. Gabriel Nassif played a teamer Living End deck on Moto, and it has a video here in the show or in the article. And I would I would recommend it. This deck looks good. Has, you know, things like all the cycling cards that you would expect, and it has Waker of Waves blue blue five seven seven whale creatures your opponents control get negative and they go and then you can pay blue one discard 
Waker of Waves. Look at the top two cards of your library, put one in your hand and the other into your graveyard. So like this is just two mana get things that you want. Put a card in your hand, put one of your big bigs into the graveyard that you're then able to uh, living end out at another point. Next up in the weekly winners, we have Sanctum Prelate from Conspiracy 2. This card's jumped up 52%, now chilling at $61.50. Sanctum Prelate is white, white, one human cleric. It's a 2-2. As Sanctum Prelate enters the battlefield, choose a number. Non-creature spells with converted mana cost equal to the chosen number can't be cast. This card has moved down, and in the market prices, you can find them for about $42.00. Uh, average price is around $51 that you can find out. But yeah, you can definitely get them around that $42. A foil price of Sanctum Prelate is $135. But if you really want this card, the buy box promos from Modern Horizons 2 are around $20. So don't worry about the conspiracy. But the the buy box promo is a foil. So I mean, I guess you can see why people would rather have a non-foil than a foil. But uh, this card recently got reprinted as a buy box promo, making a modern legal. Sanctum Prelate is really strong when you can lock out a certain converted mana cost. Keep in mind that it affects you as well. But since these decks are usually very creature heavy, it probably doesn't impact you as much as your opponents. Sanctum Prelate sees play with other new cards from Marauder, Modern Horizons 2, like Solitude, Cauldra Complete, and Sanctifier and Vac. There is a death and taxes list in this article that you can look at. Uh, JB, I'm assuming you were looking at this thing and saw it and it's like, yeah, this is a very stock uh, Death and Taxes. Actually, it's, it's not. It's not stock. It's one of the new green-white variants. It has an Oath just, of Nyssa. Yep. There's two different styles. Uh, they're both running Noble Hierarchs, but the other green in them either comes down to Oath of Nyssa or they cut vials and run Coco. Interesting. Coco hits a lot of everything in here, and it digs six deep, which is important, because this is a Yorion. These are all Yorion decks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, seeing six cards down is pretty good in an 80-card deck. Yeah, you, you're you going to be hard-pressed to find the normal 60-card variants of D&T anymore. It's pretty much everything's moving to the Yorion piles just because there's been so many new toys and stuff being printed for D&T in the last couple sets that it's everybody's just trying to jam them all in and there's really no downside around the the yorion companion right you're getting 12 to 13 like actual spells to put into the deck and like seven lands and and that so like 13 cards to play around with that allow you to hit certain matchups potentially better and looking six down with coco and other things like this to where you're just like grinding out you're going to be seeing more of your deck anyways but Next in the weekly winners, we have Rotofitter Foundry. This is a one-drop artifact. It has a couple abilities. You pay three, untap Rotofitter Foundry. You pay two, tap it, create a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. You pay one, tap, sacrifice a servo, create a 1-1 colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying. Or you can tap it, sapathopter, sacathopter, create a 4-4 colorless construct artifact creature token. Uh, the Foundry has jumped up 38%, now chilling at $26, but you can find them online still for about $22.60, around 30 bucks. 
the this one does not have a foil printing because it's only been printed in Commander 18. So that is interesting to know. The reason why this is moving up in price is due to a legacy aggro affinity list where you have Fop Monitor, Esper Sentinel, and Nettle Cyst, uh as cards to just like churn out this affinity style uh, deck. Along with uh, Retrofitter Foundry, you see Lashiel Clockwork Scholar from... That's not Commander Legends. That's from the Commander 21 product. Alabu Ancient Witness and Ozgear the Reconstructor as well. There is a Agro Affinity list in this article as well for Legacy running Urza Saga. Surprise, surprise. Master of Ethereum and a bunch of other cards. And then we have another card moving up in price. We have Reflect Damage. This is from Mirage. It is white, red, three, instant speed. The next time a source of your choice would deal damage this turn, that damage is dealt to that source's controller instead. This card has jumped up uh, 266%, now chilling at just under $15 but you can find them online for $6. The average price is 15. This does this also does not have a foil printing because it's only printing is in Mirage. Uh, it is also a reserved list card. Wow, this is a reserved list card. That is sub $20 or you can pick up for 6. This is uh, a deflecting palm kind of thing but really more expensive to cast. Um but so the reason here, uh, beside it being a reserve list, the card went up is it seems to have been gaining some traction in Commander in a General Ferris Rocket Rick deck. And General Ferris Rocket Rick is the white red 131 legendary creature human soldier that has hexproof for multicolor. And whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 4-4 red and white golem artifact creature token. So Commander is enjoying that card there. And honestly, I guess if we just want to put like an extra little side note in this, a reserve card for sub 20 bucks. If you can find them in good near mint conditions, I don't know. We're not financial experts or anything here, but everybody knows that reserve list cards are just going to be going up. So if you can get your hands on a good amount of them in good condition for a good price, I would say buy them. If you can find them online for six bucks, doesn't seem that bad of a deal or that bad of an investment. But. JB, tell us about these good investments that we could be making in the cheap pickup section. Cha-ching. Oh, yeah. Money, money, money. So, first up, we have Valky, God of Lies, from Kaldheim, sitting at $16.29, and it's slowly trending down. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And then, next up, we have the MH2 printing of Scalding Tarn is sitting just under $46, and it's still trending downward. It's also noted that uh, many of the MH2 fetch lands are moving down, so keep an eye on them yep, as well. keep an eye on them because they will go back up because price memory is a thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then last but not least, we have Tiny Bones Trinket Thief from Jumpstart, sitting at $31.91, and it is still trending down. This thing was... Almost 90 bucks at one point. Mm-hmm. This thing was super expensive, and it stuck around 50 for a while, and now it's plummeting again. 
it's just like getting more uh, jumpstart out into the world, man. Like yep. Alice or Shepard moving down Wait, to 75 bucks. Are you saying if you print more cards, that means the prices of those cards go down? I'm not an economist by any means necessary. But from what I was told in high school, there is this thing called the supply and demand curve. That's what it's called. No. Supply demand. All right. <laughs> anyway. Seems like a great plug for MTG Sniper. Indeed. If any of these cards pique your interest at uh, wanting to buy at a lower price or sell at a higher price, go check out tcgsniper.com where you can enter in these cards, set a desired notification point of being notified if it moves up in price or moves down in price. From there, it will send you a notification when your card does whatever change that you wanted it to. So uh, reflector damage. Let's say you wanted to be notified when that card moves up to $30. You plug that in and you'll get notified when that moves up to $30. And then you can jump in on the hype train of that card and sell it. Or if you want to be notified when Scalding Tarns move to $40, you can do that with TCG Sniper as well. They have a free account, but if you go over and sign up and mention that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their Plus program, where you get 50 cards to enter in. But not only cards, but you can also enter in sealed products there. Well, just check the time. We're chilling at two hours already. Let's quick do one of them. Quickly cover one? Quickly cover it. Not too in-depth. Speed run. Let's speed run this deck of the week. Which one do you want to do, JB? I don't care. We're going to speed round it. I haven't looked at either, so... Okay, just just based off of the names. Dino Storm or Sad Rhino? Do you got to die handy? Odds or evens? We'll roll. Uh, Odds, Dino Storm, even Sad Rhino. That would be a nine, so we're doing Dino Storm. There we go. Okay. So this deck I found online, it's Dino Storm. This is a Gruel deck submitted by Vengeance 13. Vengeance 13. Clever. So the primary goal of this deck is to storm up and have a Thrasta Tempest Roar go off or a Chatterstorm. Uh, Thrasta Tempest Roar is the 10 green green 7-7 legendary dinosaur. This spell costs three less to cast for each other spell cast this turn. Has Rawr. Trample Haste and Trample over Planeswalker. Thrasta has Hexproof as long as it entered the battlefield this turn. So this is just like big beater in the end. Uh, the other storm piece, like I mentioned, is Chatterstorm, which is green one sorcery. Create a 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature token, and it has storm. So like any good storm deck, you're going to have ways to be casting spells by regenerating mana. So you have Metamorphose. You have... Uh, so Metamorphose is hybrid gruel one instant. Add two mana of any color, any color combination. Draw a card. You have a Wild Cantor, a Gruel 1-1 Human Druid. Sack it, add one mana of any color. Burning Tree Emissary, which is Gruel-Gruel Hybrid for a Human Shaman 2-2. When it ETBs, you create red-green mana. And this card, I didn't know what this card was until I read it, but Hidden Herbalist, Green 1-2-2 Human Druid with Revolt. 
when hidden herbalist enters the battlefield if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn add green green to your mana so those are like your ways to be getting more mana but then there's also utopia sprawl so that doubles up on your forests uh mishra's bobble is a free storm count is zero mana you get an artifact you sack it look at the top card of target player's library at the next upkeep draw a card also in here you got a couple free free spells like two noxious revival and a gut shot which are phyrexian mana to deal with damage to target creature or player or to return a card from your graveyard to the top of your library uh with utopia sprawl there are a four of of arbor elf here so that way you can untap your mana your uh, untap your utopia sprawl reckless reckless bushwhackers for red two two one goblin warrior ally it has haste and when it enters the battlefield if its surge cost was paid other creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain haste till end of turn so that is a way to make all of those uh chatterstorm squirrel tokens hasty and two ones uh and reckless bushwhacker has a surge cost of red one so if you cast a spell before it you can cast it for two mana instead which two mana to give all of your creatures plus one plus oh and haste Seems pretty good. I'm going to beat you in the face. I'm going to beat you in the face. The final creature in this suite is Goblin Bang Chuckers. For Red Red 2, you get a 2-2 Goblin Warrior. Mm. You tap it, flip a coin. If you win the flip, Goblin Bang Chuckers deal 2 damage to target creature or player. If you lose, it deals 2 damage to itself. That's an interesting card. I don't know if I'd have it in there, but... Yeah, must be a rhymer of the reason for this. Yeah, you flip a coin and you deal two damage to something or it deals two damage to itself. Like, why not make that two more Regavans? Because there's a single Regavan in this deck. I'm only I'm going to assume maybe it's they're restricted by what they have and they only have one Regavan. Yeah, maybe. Either way, it's a fun-looking deck that has a lot of room you can still update it right this deck is very lean on mana there's 16 lands in this you got a misty rainforest a prismatic vista you got a verdant catacomb a wood swept heath and a wooden falls those are all your fetch lands so your lands that you're getting are two stomping grounds three mountains or six forests honestly i'd Woof. take those bang chuckers and i'd even up my basic land count 16 for a deck like this is even though yep you're trying to get as many spells off as possible. And a lot of them are very cheap or can be. That one, because you can't seem to have an alternate cost at all to it, just seems like one I would just take out and put in for basics. Right. I think if anything, like maybe they can also be changed to a cantrippy-like thing because yeah. the only thing that draws a card in here is Manamorphos and Regavan. Well, Mishra's Bobble, Bobble does, does too. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably want more than just those to be able to get more cards into my hand. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and then the sideboard really doesn't affect too much, so it's got three Flame Slashes, three Relic of Progenitus, three Veil of Summer, two Unravel the Aether, and then four Blood Moons. So, I mean, you're not doing... I mean, Veil of Summer draws... But that's really... Yeah, that's it. That's all that draws. So, yeah, maybe even though it's restricted with the colors, there's. If you got stuff you can do to get a little bit more cantrippy. 
I'm trying to think of like what would be a good mana production cantrip. Like maybe you could have the new, uh, what is that sorcery that makes a treasure? And then it has a flashback of two and a red. Single red create a treasure. Oh, I, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now. Yeah, th- th- that would be one that would, you know, up the storm count, allow you to keep going, casting spells. I mean, and it, it doesn't d- draw you a card, but you can use it from the graveyard then. Yeah, I don't know. I would try to find more draw if you can, but yeah. What, what do you think of insolent neonate in a deck like this then? Ups your storm count, you can sack it, get a card. I don't know, really. Just, I don't know what card is missing out of this, but I feel like something's missing. I agree. There's potential here. Like, ever since they showed Thrasta and, like, Green Red Storm is the thing, I'm like, dude, there's so many good Storm pieces, like Burning Tree Emissary and with Manamorphos. Did not know about Hidden Herbalist, but, like, that seems like a very strong base for a Storm deck here. Yeah. Because if you can cast Thrasta for just two mana, like, seven damage, like, after a couple turns, it's just going to close out games. No problem. Right. And even the Chatterstorm is going to close out a game. Like, oh, exactly. Make, Dude, fuck Chatterstorm. If you make... if you, you make, just saying you wanted squirrels? I know, but that's such a stupid card. Anyway. If you play make, Popper right now. If you make it's, seven... It's terrible. Six or seven tokens, and then you have the uh, Bushwhackers to pump them up and give them all haste, like, that doesn't seem too bad. Yeah. But yeah. Hey. Good deck. Yeah, quick quick rundown of deck of the week there. Uh, the the price for this current deck is about six hundred and one dollars. I imagine a lot of that would be uh, changed if you change out the Regavant. It's seventy five dollars. Wow, a playset of Utopia Sprawls is almost sixty dollars. Those are Mishra's Baffles. A playset of that. Those are two $60. things. While we were on the stocks, I was looking at because yep. I came across the ticker on the top. I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I might be digging through a bulk box. So there, here's your nice little side note. Right. Dig through your bulk box for baubles out of, it looks like the Double Masters one, and sprawls out of Masters 25. If you have any cold snap baubles. Yeah, those are those even are, better. Yeah. Those are what, just shy of 40? Yikes. Yep. Nope. As of right now, those ones are sitting at twenty two, twenty five. Okay, right. so they did drop that because they did spike up to like thirty seven. Yeah, I saw. Yep, yep, yep. All right, yeah. I feel like this deck can get there. I like the I like the the storm effects with again, you know, burning tree, wild cantor, and stuff like that. A couple, more, a little bit more refining, maybe. I don't know. This this like it's I got missing a lot of these something, but I can't figure put my thumb on what it's missing. You know what it's missing? Galta. I mean, you're not wrong. And. Colossal Dreadmaw. Mainly Colossal Dreadmaw. <laughs> there we go. We've solved the problem. Trade the the, the bang checkers for Dreadmaws. There you yep. go. It's worth six, that mana six investment. Six for six with Trample. Yes. Closes out yes. any game. It's worth it. Yes. Magic Folk, thank you so much for making it to the end of this long episode here. Uh, this long episode, that being 93. There we go. 93. Make sure to follow us on all places where better podcasts can be found stitcher apple spotify google play we record every monday night live over on youtube and twitch so you can see our dumb faces with a bunch of ums and ahs and Mm. awkward lovely sciences silences Mm -hmm. oh yeah all the fun Mm -hmm. shit Mm -hmm. yep 
Make sure to subscribe on those platforms so you get notified when we go live. Yep, you can watch Danny play Candy Crush. You can find us life. around the internet in multiple different places. We got all the places you can find us in one tidy little link. That link is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e slash this week in mtg yes it's a link tree account it has links to our patreon to our moxfield to our facebook to our twitter all that jazz has jdubs there oh oh no maybe we'll cover that at another point <laughs> with uh again with patreons uh patreon here uh just last reminder two tiers you get put into monthly drawings for cards this next upcoming month's drawing is going to be for modern horizon booster pack and a uh, magic rewards ponder also we have patreon number goals yeah i should probably post those up on there and get that established Mm -hmm. if we hit 10 patreons we're going to give away more cool stuff and if we hit 20 we're gonna do this. We're, yes, we're seriously gonna do this. If we hit twenty patrons, we'll do a, a win a box tournament. Let's see how that turns out. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us. It's great that you're doing it. You're all fucking crazy. And then finally, make sure to send some love over towards JW Sports Cards and Gaming for all your magic purchases. Now, do you guys got anything else you want to add to this? Yes, because the box you will win is gonna be either Ixalan or Dragon's Maze. <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> Don't listen. I'm to just kidding. Don't just listen kidding. To Don't listen to me. It won't be one of those shit sets. It'll be born of the gods. <laughs> and with that, we'll catch you all next time. Peace Bye. out. Bye. You think? That's what I think the charma sounds like. <laughs> oh my god. It's very feisty. Oh, beehive. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop. Stop it.